Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you this week? I'm a little under the weather. Um, been fighting a cold for last since last Monday, I think. So now is the following Wednesday, so it'd be like 10 days or so. Kind of ready to be done with this. I feel like you've had colds on a lot of <laughs> episodes. I don't know if it's I just know. been this fall. I know more people have been saying that. I think uh, maybe I just have like a target on my back or something. It's like, please give me a cold, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How's things with you? Uh, good. I'd say good. Um, we're, you know, uh, back back from the break, so to speak. You know, um, kids back in school that we've had here in dc there was snow there was a bunch of things so like the first week they were supposed to be back in school i think they had one day in school oh last week oh, so uh but we knew this was coming like we saw this coming and and their their school actually their elementary school is getting torn down so they're switching mid-year to like a holding school but anyway so it was all stuff me and uh my wife were aware of so Hmm. it was kind of like we were prepared for our weeks to be disrupted so it wasn't as bad as like like kind of you know if if you have good if you have good expectations on what is going to happen you're Mm -hmm. hopefully not going to be as like uh worried about you made plans and now they're ruined so to speak yeah exactly being uh having expectations in the right place helps a lot for sure right and uh and how's things with business going all right uh that was great. You read my mind. I was going to say on the business end, um, but <laughs> uh, it's been good. Um, we're we're doing a lot of planning. Um, we're we're into this. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about it before, but we we do quarterly OKRs and that type of thing. And I think it, in the past, I've definitely complained about you know end of end of quarter, end of month stuff. And this is this one is you know end of quarter, end of month, end of year. But yeah, we, I did a little hack. I don't know if I talked about it last time or not. Again, my brain is is scoped out on when we last recorded. I know we had James on. Yeah, yeah. We talked in December and you were doing all of your OKRs all at once and you're planning. Um, that's the last yeah. I heard of it. Okay. So we did do a little hack this time, which was like we created a two-week breathing period now. So maybe that was like in the point of that stress. I'm like, hey, we're we don't have to do this anyway for anyone else, like no VCs, no, you know, if we change our schedule or whatever. So we, what we ended up doing, talking to my team, we ended up creating a two week breather, like, so where a quarter ends and then there is basically the quarter ends when the quarter ends and the quarter starts when the quarter starts, but planning and reflection doesn't have to be done until like a two week break period so you kind of have let's say like january 1st hits then there's two weeks essentially for you to close out things like start thinking about what should be in the next quarter and all of that and that stuff over those two weeks gets reviewed with teams gets like it isn't finalized for another two weeks so it doesn't you don't end up like up against the wall being like i just closed out i just finished off and now i've got a uh, yeah. do all these things at the same time. But yeah. we do say the quarter still starts on the right time, but we're kind of like, you kind of like are, you already start running the race, but then you're kind of filling it in as you go, but it's not yeah. due. So that's, that's let out a lot of stress, I think for the teams and let us not feel like, Oh, we've got to do all these things 
by this time have it ready mm-hmm. to go um yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense especially because like at the end of the year when you have those three like you have the quarter at the end of year um all hitting at the same time like it's not like you know january 1st i'm doing reflection and or whatever the next business day is i'm not just doing reflection and getting that stuff done i have time to i have time to process and think about what i'm going to do yeah yeah i think that's how, how do you do planning um so i don't i don't do a lot of like um time-based planning it's more event-based so if i have um <clears throat> if i have some sort of uh big client land or um like a, a new opportunity comes in then i'll start to um do major reflection on on what i should be doing going forward um and then yeah it's probably on a i don't know Every every couple of months, whenever I'm talking with a friend or whatever, that kind of gets me thinking about it. Then I'll uh, I'll also kind of dive into it. Okay. So when you say by events, like thinking, what do you mean by events? Like as in, um, like yours is schedule triggered, right? You do it every quarter, every every end of year. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas mine is more event based. So like when I get a big client or when I okay. see a new prospect or something uh, like I that. Got you. Okay. I wasn't, I was making sure it wasn't just like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Like when those things come in and it's a project, so now it's like planning that, but since you're don't have a team, like, I don't think you have mm-hmm. anyone else working with you. Right. So no, it's just me. Right. So, I mean, you could do bigger playing like, Oh, I might plan on, I want to get a new client this year or this month or this quarter or something like that. If you wanted to, yeah. at this point, you're probably just, seeing what's coming in with your current clients and then hoping you have extra time to work on, uh, you know, your, your SaaS business. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if it's a, a bad thing, but I, I started out being very regimented, um, like doing weekly reflections and monthly reflections and stuff like that. Um, I'm naturally kind of a reflective person where like, if things aren't going exactly the way I would like them to go, then I will spend time thinking about it and trying to sort it out as opposed to just plugging through. Um, and so I found that to be very, I got tired of that very quickly. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a bad thing, but now it's kind of like, unless something changes in my landscape or I get sick of something, like I'm just going to kind of carry on. And I do have like delineated time for, um, you know, how much time am I going to devote to client work? How much time am I going to devote to product sonar? That sort of thing. That's good. I mean, I think those are the bases of like, you know, it's probably for you is just, schedule schedule management is like probably just the prime way to do that just so you can keep those two dividing priorities like moving forward um yeah but yeah all the all the planning and stuff we do obviously has more to do with like since we're solely focused on referral rock and maybe at the point of where you're solely focused on uh, you know product sonar it might, it might take on a little bit of a different form because then it's like you're splitting. I want to dedicate marketing. I want to dedicate product work. Mm-hmm. I want to dedicate specific elements uh, and that type of thing. And I think it's challenging for you being in between because it's like, it's more of like you're probably going to let, for the most part, client work have most of the push. <laughs> and then it's like, where where are the gaps that I get, get to have? But I want to make sure it doesn't get reduced down to, so little yeah. that I'm not moving forward on it. Um, and, yeah, like and there's a limit that you'll allow it to be pushed. 
Yeah. And that has been a real struggle for me. Like, especially um, at the end of last year, I was really tending towards client work because all my clients, you know, end of year, they're getting excited about things and they want to get stuff wrapped up. So I did end up, you know, kind of pushing it to the side a bit. Um, but this year I've started almost the opposite way where I'm spending so much time on product sonar and doing the bare minimum on the client work. Um, and I've had to, you know, kind of take a step back and be like, no, like I know, um, this is really important to me, but also like, you know, the client work is also important. I do need to get that. (laughs) Well, it's not quite to that point, but it's more like just, um, yeah, you don't want to drop balls over there either, or, you know, have people feeling like they're left out in the dark or something. True. And those are relationships you've built up for a long time too. So if a part of you is also like kind of also coming up with other things you could do, like it's not necessarily all pushed on you, you could also suggest and, and, and not to be the point of where like, it sounds like you have some like ownership with the clients, like in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. like, oh, hey, here's some other things we could, oh, we didn't even know that's possible. And that's great because it one can create more work for you and two Mm -hmm. they probably like it because they know and rely that you could be thinking about these things for them and they trust that this will you know move the needle for them yeah yeah that's exactly how it is yeah yeah because not all relationships like consulting relationships are like that i'm sure you've had other ones where it's just like here's a project here's the scope like and we'll call you when we need something right yeah 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 those are kind of nice because you can kind of go on autopilot right but I think it's really fun to have something where you can have ownership. And I think that's a lot of why I start like with the product sonar and other products that I've worked on is just to like try and get that ownership and try and, you know, do all that sort of thing. Cool. Well, speaking of goals, did you set any new year's resolutions or anything like, do you do any of that type of thing? (laughs) So I purposefully try not to do new year's resolutions just because, um, I, I, I try to hold myself accountable to my goals in the sense that like, if I make a goal, like I'm going to every day take incremental steps to make that happen. And I find that new year's resolutions tend to be a little over the top in terms of being able to keep them at least for myself. But, um, no, I, I have some minor goals around like products owner. Like, um, I'd like to, I, by the, by the end of the first quarter, I'd like to have pitched at least like five to 10, uh, people on it and um, hopefully have some sort of traction with it. Um, and I also have a couple like consulting goals where I need to, to get certain projects um, a certain distance down the, down the road. Um, but that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of my resolutions. Okay. Cool. What about you? No, good. No, it's, it's interesting to hear you set some goals like in those things and, thinking about it in that, in that scope. Yeah. It it sounds to me like you have a good wrap around like manager strategic Nate versus like implementer implementation, like execution Nate. Yeah. (laughs) I always kind of try to separate, separate those two in my brain. So like allowing myself to, uh, and I think similar to you, I think I'm fairly reflective on those things. And it's just like, I'm quick to be like, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, and then, operating those two modes of like setting my week and different things, but it's mm-hmm. often oscillated and changed over time based off of, you know, other responsibilities, other team members and things like that. But yeah, it seems, it seems really good. Yeah. I do find it tricky, like to, to flip between those sometimes, like sometimes I get so caught up in the implementer side of things just because like, I, I find a lot of joy in that. Um, 
but I think something that's really been helpful for me is like, imagine, like I picture for myself, like imagine I had to tell somebody else to do the things that I want to do. Like, what would I tell them? You know, I only have one person. What am I going to tell them to do? And right. I don't know. I found that to be a useful mental exercise. Yeah. I feel like you, and, and I do that and I try to, what with the stuff I'm doing, I try to do that for a lot of different areas. So I like divide them up into areas too, you know, product engineering, like marketing, other, other areas. And I, I have this written down somewhere, always meant to like write more about it, but it's like, it almost helps to be a little, it's going to sound bad, but like schizophrenic, right. With it, like it yeah. just, and, and being able to almost like block yourself out from the other things. So you don't, hear all the other voices and just be, I'm mm-hmm. going to be this Nate or I'm going to be that Nate or this Josh and whatnot. And even like, I am, you know, marketing leader Josh today. And this is like what I need to think about because it's like, I, I do need to do that. Otherwise I'll go all over the place. Right. And it's like, you don't move enough forward that something gets checked off and is done and you can kind of close that loop. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I find that hard though to like if you like time box that you're like today I'm going to be marketing marketing Nate. Like I find that that really hard because to say that you know this week I'm going to spend, you know, two days doing marketing, one day doing engineering and, you know, another two days doing client work or something like that. I find that really hard to time box it that way because I feel like like I kind of rely more on my intuition where it's like um what are the marketing tasks that need to be done? What are the engineering tasks that need to be done? And then like, what's what what does it feel like is the most important? And then trying to kind of rank tasks and then do the task. Um, I don't know if that's a good approach. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it depends on the stage, right? Like sometimes you know what those things are and I think that's fine. It can be very iterative for a long time. But then I think there's certain points and maybe these again are like, the quarterly points of reflection or whatever. And I think there are times where you kind of need to step even further back and like, okay, like I've been only playing small ball in this little area. Like what's going to unlock a step change? Because I'm only, if I, if I am zoomed in, you know, the whole, like seeing the forest through the trees, all those types of analogies. But like, if I'm zoomed in, it's great. I'm like executing, but I'm also only living in this small space and I can only go so far without, like a major mm-hmm. step change. And if I really take a 10 steps back and it takes a while, it take it's hard to pull yourself out of that and, and, and do that. And a lot of times I get forced into it because it's like, again, having a team, like I, mm. I get pulled in other ones and then it for, you know, they're asking questions. And I'm like, uh, I don't want people to like waste their time going down these tunnels. If I haven't thought more about it, but because they're in motion, my engineering mm-hmm. brain and my efficiency brain goes like, I don't want them to like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to waste dollars, their time, their energy going down an area that I haven't even like thought about yet. Cause I'm like, I get a little yeah, nervous yeah. about that. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes it's also worthwhile to let them do that so they can actually eventually have some ownership so that they get, they, they you know, all of these are complex, <laughs> complex yeah. things, uh, you know, human interaction, your own managing your own stuff, helping leaders, helping influence other, other, other people to take ownership. So, uh, but goals is, is like one 
one tool right to uh, help in, align in all of this right yeah, right. yeah one tool in all of this whether it's self-imposed <laughs> right or self-aligning yourself the two nates together right so. yeah 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 i'm curious with that like with um like you set goals at your company right and um i think you you also set numbers to your goals right like for different departments they have numbers associated that like their okrs that they need to kind of hit um how how do you find that those numbers influence what they do versus the generic goal of you know you know marketing bring in more people or whatever? Um, it's challenging. I mean, we've we've probably gone through multiple iterations. I think early on we probably fell like most people in trying to set goals, like in terms of okay, like bring in this many MQLs uh, mm-hmm. for marketing, and and some of those things I think are good. But the better ones are more like, okay, well, what was it before? How do we create, how do we get, a t- that might be the, I don't know if you're familiar with OKRs, but similar, yeah. it's basically, it's like, you know, a direction and then how do we make them measurable, right? Smart mm-hmm. goals, all these different types of things. So the direction might just be like bringing in more leads, but instead of being sort of a generic and just saying like more MQLs or a hundred MQLs per month or whatever, um, I I think we used to do that, but sometimes we've we've gravitated to trying to be more specific. So it might be like understanding where there are opportunities and what they can control, because sometimes yeah. a lot of these things aren't within their control. Like we don't do ads, so there's not going to be an ad budget. So h- how can I influence it? It's mostly yeah. content. So you know we might have a more granular one that is like, uh out of the top 30 articles that generate the most leads, we want to find a way to uh, like increase the leads they generate by 25%. So, mm. which alludes to having people focus uh, or co- our content team focusing more on, um, you know, conversion rate optimization, little opt-ins, like, okay, if I'm not in the top three of ranking, how do I get higher in the rankings to get more traffic. It it gives them a little more, I, I would say, scoped ownership and focus in an area. But this took us time. Like I think we were this was a new one we only started setting in this way uh probably like two quarters ago. But Okay. Yeah. Otherwise like saying MQLs, they're kind of like doing their thing and then they're checking the stats and be like I I think we're on target. I don't know. But now yeah. <laughs> I think it just feels more in control because it's like we're where was the analysis? Where's the opportunity for it? And then right. a previous yep. quarter could have been more about analyzing the top 30, like understanding, and that might feed into the next set of goals. So then we'd have a firm of like knowing where to dig, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just being more, you're trying to be more rigorous about the numbers that you're getting and, and trying to measure those as a way of, of learning and not necessarily of, like it's a goal. It's not like I'm going to dock your pay if you don't get, you know, a certain number of of MQLs or something. Right, right. And most of the goal, like the goals we have, are all mostly towards. It's just kind of like, hey, what is the direction the company's going? What is the direction this department needs <clears throat> to be going and focusing to to meet overall other goals? Um, sometimes they lead up to company ones. That's somewhat of a. I guess a debatable thing with OKR sometimes it's like yeah. at what levels do you have company ones? Do you have team ones? Do you have individual ones? We don't have to get into all that detail, but 
it, no. it, it layers. Uh, and mostly we, we at this point, we stride away from individual ones. We just have team ones. And we if I can make them align with company ones, I do. I might have company themes, but yeah. oftentimes it's hard to try to like back into those where you have uh, different teams that have, you know, natively just different focuses that they they need to improve for the business. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. As I was, I was thinking about this a bunch last week. Uh, I was talking with uh, one of my clients who's trying to, he's trying to measure every aspect of one of his employees' job, and trying to basically assign a performance metric to them, and then use that as a way to decide whether or not this is a good employee. And I, I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a that's a tricky road. Like you, you're not gonna want what you're not gonna like what you get if you do that. Like even if you and do, you're not gonna like it either. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, but I was thinking, like you do need to have some metrics. Uh, like especially as the company grows, you need some metrics to be able to take the the political side out of it, right? Like you know, I'm buddies with the manager, so he likes me, and he's gonna keep me forever, even though I'm a terrible employee. Whereas you know, if the if there's some numbers assigned, it, it at least helps to you know show of proof that like okay, this guy is actually pulling his weight or something like that. Um, but like so, I think there needs to be an element of numbers there, like you're saying, as like a goal and whatnot. But I wonder if it also, like on the other side, you want people to to just be good at their job, right? Like you think of like someone at Disney who will help somebody find the nearest trash can and put their garbage in it. Like, like that's a level of service. You can't just measure that stuff. Like that. And that's what you want from your employees too, right? Like when they're, especially customer interacting people, you want them to, to be giving it their all and you can't just measure that. Yeah. This, this actually for me goes into a whole nother tangent, which probably is a whole (laughs) different episode related to like, you know, professional development, performance feedback, like Mm -hmm. other reviews. I mean, this is another tunnel that we have gone through recently and we're kind of amidst that. So uh, I kind of want to put a pin in more of this on the, on the employee development side and pull it back a little more towards the goal things, but it's super interesting. I have a a ton to say, but I I think we'd uh, need a whole nother episode to dig into that if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on goals though, like what, yeah. uh, what about you guys? What, what sort of goals have you got going? What are you guys thinking? Uh, well, so this was, so again, this was one of the things for goals that I have trouble with. And I think we brought it up with setting OKRs, which is like, if it's too broad, it's like, doesn't really mean anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, but on one hand, when it's broad, it, it allows someone to step in for ownership. Like, okay, how can I step in? But if, if it's and if it's too specific, like you were talking about with the employee, it gets too granular. It's too like it's it sometimes you get to someone to where if it wasn't set correctly, they get annoyed because it's like, I'm just doing this to meet the numbers and I don't think this matters. Right. So like that went too far in the spectrum of too specific. So um, one of the recent challenges for me is I think, um, like with my team is, I think I've tended to go almost too specific at times, which 
also alludes to people just saying, okay, I'm just going to execute on these, which is good because you get performance, you get, you get people that are going to check those boxes, but then you also get, like I said, sometimes if you've done it right, it works, but then you also don't necessarily uh, encourage ownership because if mm-hmm. I help to set a lot of these, um, then they're just like, okay, this is just the Josh show. We're just doing what Josh wants to do. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, so this more recent ones I've done with my managers is like, I'm trying to not fill in the blanks and, and I'm trying to, it, it, you're, I'm probably oscillating too far on the side of being too generic, but this one I did, I set themes for the year. So for us, it was like, there were three main themes. Um, the first one was net dollar retention is something we want to improve on. Um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That no, but I can guess at what it means. Maybe you can explain it for the listeners, though. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's essentially in SaaS. You know, you have recurring revenue, um, and instead of measuring just like customer churn and things like that, it puts obviously dollar values to every customer. So if a customer comes in one month paying twenty dollars a month, and they're still paying twenty dollars a month next month or in six months over that term that is 100% net dollar retention. So you've retained the $20. Now, if they drop to a lower plan and drop to $10 over that period, that is 50%. If they uh, you know, end up spending $40 instead of the initial 20 that they came in on, during that time period, you know, they've, uh, they've, that's 200% uh, net dollar retention. So that's the general concept, you know, so like it allows you to emphasize more on uh, expansion, you know, revenue mm-hmm. as well as reducing churns. So you're also looking like, how can I get people to upgrade and spend more money or get more usage and the values align well. So it has a lot of factors in thinking about pricing, mm-hmm. looking for upgrade opportunities, as well as always, most people are trying to focus on reducing churn as well. But isn't isn't that um, that doesn't include new customers though, right? Like if you got a new customer at twenty dollars a month, that wouldn't be a you know infinity increase in net retention, right? No, because it's judged on a per customer basis. So then they average oh, okay. it and aggregate. So that one would be in a cohort of one that would start today. So you wouldn't know about that. Wouldn't count until. Okay. You know, month three or whatever time scale you're measuring at. So that's right. another kind of question mark. I don't know what, you know, you could do a month to month one, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it, if you're signing annual contracts, then it's like, hey, my month to month of annual is 100%. But then they all drop off on month 13 and leave yeah, you. And then yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, if you look at it from this time scale, you did great. But if you look at it from the month 13, Mm-hmm. There's where the rubber reaches the road because now they 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 left and never implemented your product. Right, but basically you're looking for existing customers to either stay at their plan or increase their plan, their their dollar right pay with you. Yeah, right, and it's a gotcha. great indicator of like the health of the business. Is it are people getting more value? Are you mm-hmm. servicing the right customers, and are they continuing to spend more um, versus? Uh, even, you know, it's, what's interesting too is across the spectrum of it, it's like, it might differ by industry, you know, SMBs mm-hmm. are typically lower enterprise types are typically higher because they'll have more usage based pricing and seats get more usage as they, as they 
as the product adoption increases, that type yeah. of thing. But like a weird thing you might get is like if your salespeople oversell your product and give people too big of a plan to start with, then they downgrade to where they should be. That shows up badly for the rest of your team, right? It does. It does. That's, that's yeah. one of those weird things with tracking numbers where it's like there's so many different edge cases that just one number doesn't doesn't necessarily help you with, right? Right. I mean, you'll still be able to see these at an individual level, so that's good. Sure. So you'll be able to spot these. And then in addition to that, like, but having aggregates related to it, it also is a good way for uh, the success of a customer success manager to be measured by that. Like how well are they doing from an onboarding perspective and also from a, you know, account management and, and are the, are the customers staying implementing other mm-hmm. features that could help them get more traction and even get more value and hopefully pay more. Um, yeah. But kind of back to your original thing about like setting goals and like getting, Oh Yeah. You know, <laughs> this was number not one. just <clears throat> one of I'll, I'll go over the other two real quick, if you don't mind, just to, to sure. finish that part. So that was number one. And we don't have to, the other ones I don't think are nearly as much detail. But number two is just uh, continue, continuing to improve on our self-service offering. Mm. So yep. I think that wraps into onboarding all kinds of other pieces, but the automation side of doing more of this. Yep. Yep. Um And the last one was lives of our leaders. So I think that was an important theme at the stage of us for a business Um, in terms of just, again, like what can we be passing more ownership to individual contributors? What could I be passing more ownership to managers? And the metric we used, at least that I have documented for this, is like, can someone, can one of the leaders uh, essentially like, turn off their phone and go off the grid for like two weeks and yeah, it doesn't totally implode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. saying, you know, it's just like, let's say the servers go down and it's only my, me and, uh, you know, the tech lead and it's like, okay. And he's in it every day, understands our Azure stack, understands where everyone, everything is. But if one of the services, you know, took a crap, so to speak, like, I'd still need to call him. I'd have the access to go in, but I'd be like, where is this? How does this one tie to this one again? Like where, where are all those types of things? So that's, yeah. you know, uh, and, and may, maybe not like all the developers don't necessarily have access to the production environment to do all this. Now I might call them. I might call, there might be other ways, but that was an indicator and a goal for us to get to by the end of the year. Um, and, and it varies per manager and it varies for me too as well. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's importance on the lives of our leaders to me more enduring, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Like, like being able to have a good quality of life for your managers and leaders, like um, the fact that someone can go on vacation and actually have vacation. I think that's so important. Like the, the place that I used to work at um, I was their their tech lead there. And after a while it got to the point where like, I couldn't, I couldn't be offline because if anything happened, like it was on me. And like, they had to contact me because like the other people couldn't, couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't, um, yeah, I think the setting it up so that you don't end up in a situation like that is, is really, could really benefit you. Right. And it's very counterintuitive, I think early on in your career, because you're like, Hey, like. I have job security yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, but now I have like, I am like handcuffed to this. And it's like, 
annoying job security to a point, but like how you're really going to thrive in your career is more of like making yourself replaceable, right? Like, and hopefully you're in the right organization that Mm -hmm. acknowledges that. And then it's like, allows you to level up in the areas you want to level up and not just be, you know, stuck minding the servers, so to speak. Um, Yeah. And I think there is an element too of like, like you, everyone wants to be needed, right? Like just feeling like people, people rely on you is a, is a positive thing in some ways. And so you can kind of get addicted to that and go a little bit too far with it. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Like your, your self-esteem for that and being, being the guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone's likes to be, Oh, you need such and such. Like you got to go to the guy and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or whatever. Right. So, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's super interesting. Um, but are there other th- things you w- wanted to talk about? goal yeah, setting I, with that seemed to be the episode we just created <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i did just want to circle back to what you're talking about about setting goals with your managers and um you know being somewhat flexible with them and i think that's that's really important because i think um it's easy to set like lines in the sand of like this is where we need to be in six months you know and this is the number we need to hit but i think that um you can gain a lot and it sounds like you have been by um, getting input from your managers where like they actually feel like they can contribute to the the priorities. Like, you know, they could, they could come to you and say, Hey, I don't think our content marketing is really working great. I've seen some cool things with email newsletters. Like let's, let's maybe put a little more effort in there or something like that. And like that they can help shape those, those goals in a real way. And um also that they're they're not inflexible so if like in two months you find out like oh we're really going down the wrong path with this that you don't feel like you're handcuffed to this goal because you set it like you can change it you can you know make changes and whatnot i think that's really important yeah i mean i can't say i have it all figured out this was the first time i've done it this way so this (laughs) is just my thesis for this and again this was the I titled this document, this was like setting for the year. So it gives us like these longer term aspirational pieces that I think can't be solved in the quarter. So then it does mm-hmm. back into, okay, now let's set goals for the quarter for, for teams. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I agree that you probably don't have it all figured out, but I think, <laughs> I think you're tapping in though to things that we can see in broader society though. Right. Like um, you get places where the, the management team has no idea why the company is failing, but you go talk right. to the guy at the loading dock. He can tell you exactly why it's failing. It's because right. they never have the product on time or something like that. Right. 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 Yeah. And bubbling up that feedback. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a whole nother topic too. We should remember. So there's <laughs> a couple topics. There's like performance management, feedback, like all of these other, and like tapping your resources internally. Um, yeah. There's, t- What's it? What's fun and interesting, and where I'm at now is like there's just everything is opportunity. Like it's, mm. I guess that's the way you look at it. It's like okay, so we screwed that up, but that's okay. It's just opportunity. It's like okay, we're at a certain place in revenue, and it's exciting. But then it's like, I look at any of the failures and go like, we can do that better, and now we can be even more efficient and all these other things. It's just, I look at them as like positive opportunities, but, um, yeah, that's Uh, really good. 
but like keep that keep that outlook on life you know the positive way because you can easily flip that into the negative you know the world's falling and that's not a fun place to be right and you get blaming people and it gets and it's like hey you never told me and it just it i think looking in the light of just moving forward and you're not going to change the past you can learn from it but just let's just if you believe everyone's intentions are you know positive and and, mm-hmm. and i think that's the only way you can take it and kind of move on without without just creating additional additional issues and then the alignment piece i think is really important because then that makes sure that that the people know we're going in the same direction because if you realize you're not going in the same direction you're going to have you know other conflicts uh but yeah. but making sure that stuff is honest and out on the table so working on it working on it there's <laughs> lots of things to work on but but hopefully keeps going in the right direction well don't we all we'll uh see if we can do better this year cool all right so hey maybe we should do this next year i don't know we didn't really in terms of i know a lot i've listened to a lot of podcasts lately that have talked about goals i guess we didn't really talk i talked a little bit about my goals a little bit about yours but mostly this was about goal goal setting and processes and thinking but mm. i don't know i, I, I find the philosoph- the philosophical side so much more fun i do i do i, do. I, I love this stuff too so <laughs> I had a good time today so all right well, i'll see you later josh all right talk to you later nate thanks for joining us today if you enjoyed our podcast please share with a friend we're new to this podcasting thing and we'd love to hear what you have to say Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's searching the number four SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.